listening to Radio Owl's Nest. The songs of Martin Page, all day, all night, forever. So grab a cup of tea, settle down with us in the Owl's Nest. I used to love that sound. <laughs> used to be lying in bed uh, as a young kid in Southampton and trying to tune into Radio Luxembourg or Radio Caroline with a little transistor radio in bed late at night. You felt like a rebel. I could never find it. Where is it? I could never find it. And then all of a sudden you just connected into the right uh, station and uh, you were thrilled. It was like Christmas. Um, what a sound. Radio searching, radio tuning on a veteran radio. I don't know why that uh, thrills me so much. But I think you've tuned into the right station. It's Radio Owl's Nest. Uh, thank you for being here. Um, another episode. Uh, onward we go. Oh, I just needed a bit more of that. <laughs> it, it just made me feel so warm and so bloody cosy. OK, that's uh, enough of playing around with the radio tuning knob. So let's play some music. This is a songwriter's podcast. All my songs from my vaults, from my archives, all my old demos. A uh, very egocentric show, just all my stuff. Uh, I'd like to play you a song. Why is that reverb on? <laughs> That always happens to me. There's a fader that's up that shouldn't be up. Um, <laughs> okay, we'll just move on. Uh, I'm going to play you a song called I Know a Man, a demo from the 90s that uh, has never been played before. Found it in a suitcase on a cassette. Um, give it a listen. I Know a Man.
Uh, there's so many things to say about that song. Um, I did literally lose it um, for the longest time. I couldn't find a dat of it. I couldn't find a cassette of it. Um, uh, I knew I had it somewhere, but uh, ransacking through my studios in my house, no sign. But I remember a song called I Know a Man. Now, I wrote that in the 90s, and it was just before... Uh, I was preparing to do In the House of Stone and Light album, my first debut album on Mercury Records. And I was experimenting. I just sound, I found my voice at that point. Uh, and you can hear on this demo that I was very romantic in my sense of where I should be um, writing lyrics from and singing from. It's an intimate song, really. But uh, also, I was very much into rhythm. So I'm listening back now here. There's, again, very slight reggae feel. A bit of that... Um, Thompson Twins bubble underneath and I was really trying to find my voice and my sound which was going to lead on to In the House of Stone and Light. I think I wrote that song probably about three months before I started the House of Stone and Light album. I was trying to get lots of songs together and for a period I thought maybe, maybe this song might brew into being on the album. I've been working um, also with Paul Young and I think a lot of the singing um, styles and the feeling I was getting with my falsetto vocals was evident here. All in drum or me or bits of guitar i was pointing really towards what i was going to do a little bit later down the line demo from the 90s i know a man no oh, oh i've always always wanted to say that release the kraken i've always wanted to say that let's hear it again release the kraken no i'm gonna do it again release the kraken <laughs> I can hear all my neighbours next door uh, uh, coming out into the street and going, what the fuck? is going on uh, and I never knew what the Kraken was until I looked it up and the Kraken is a great big sea monster with lots of tentacles used to come out of the sea and, and all the mariners thought that this thing was bigger than the world and ate their ships uh, <laughs> releasing the Kraken is not a good thing but I'm going to release the Kraken now and play a song from King Scatterbox <laughs> yeah that's when you want the echo um King Scatterbox, a song called Funk and Wonder. Release the Kraken!
Bloody hell. That's a long song. Uh, King Scatterbox. Uh, a little bit of a, a side uh, band for me. It's my alter ego. I um, had great fun putting out an EP last year of six songs called King Scatterbox. In fact, I was testing to see if CD Baby, that had stopped making uh, physical CDs, if their distribution through the period of the virus and everything was good for iTunes and all the other internet places. So I thought, I'm going to have some fun and do this King Scatterbox. <laughs> <laughs> the Kraken has got me! King Scatterbox uh, EP. Pretty cool name, really, I think. And I wanted to let loose, be funky, experiment, think of all the um, experiments in the studio I've always wished to do, and to be crazy and um, take the Kraken on. So that's King Scatterbox. It's out there, and um, I'm quite proud of it, actually. Uh, it's an alter ego band of mine. I told my fans about it, and they said, yeah. <laughs> I said, it's pretty good. And they went, yeah, okay. We prefer you doing ballads like I Know a Man. But I said, what about the Kraken? No, we still like you doing ballads. Anyway, that's King Scatterbox, and it's called Funk and Wonder. And I wrote that. If you listen to the words there, you know, can you believe that the pyramids were made by the human race? I was watching those TV series on the History Channel. Uh, I think Ancient Aliens inspired that. Who made Stonehenge? Hey, hey, hey. You think it's cavemen, but oh no, oh no, it's the Kraken! It's uh, all those aliens out there. Can you hear that? Can you hear that? It's not the Kraken, but it is the tea boiling! Sorry, gotta stop, gotta get me a cup of tea. Hi, this is Trevor Thornton here, the unfortunate drummer behind Q-Field. Who? It's alright, I'm still recovering in the asylum. Who? I'll get better. Thank you for your sympathy. I, I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Anyway, moving on. Who let him in? Say, my fellow, I've always enjoyed making people feel inferior to me. But recently, I've lost the thrill of making people grovel. I will be hearing from Bootsy later on. And, uh, yeah, but Bootsy, that's all you really tune in for. He's the star of the show. I could play no music. I could just uh, put Bootsy on for the whole hour and it would be much more successful, wouldn't it? Okay, okay, I'll be there in a minute. Here's a song called Oceans from my album called Fugitive Pieces. It's the last track on the album, Oceans. Ocean, separate our hearts tonight. Ocean, stretching out between us. You and I left here drowning in blue ocean, drifting far apart on sorrow's tides. Here we lay in a bed so big and wide, no more words. Bridge this distance Stranded here On an island of jealousy We're looking out On an empty horizon Oceans Separate our hearts tonight Oceans 
between our lives You and I are left here drowning in blue oceans Drifting far apart on sorrow's tides Here we lay in a bed that is sinking fast And silence fills all the space that divides us Waves collide as we search for a sign of life But love has died on an empty horizon Oceans separate our hearts tonight Oceans stretching out between our lives You and I are left here drowning in blue Oceans drifting far apart on sorrow's tide Oceans separate our hearts tonight. Oceans stretching out between our lives. You and I left here drowning in blue. Oceans drifting far apart on sorrow's That's a track called Oceans uh, from an album of mine called Fugitive Pieces, uh, an album which uh, is very different from me, a very intimate record in, in, in which I sat down and really um, did a lot of the songs instantly, stream of thought, uh, playing the piano like the old days. Um, uh, in my own mind, it's one of the best albums I've ever released because of its intimacy and because it was uh, vocally sung um, in a very natural and instant way so that's fugitive pieces a song called oceans uh, let's take a little walk up my staircase into my little library i think it's time to review a book a book that um i'm enjoying every now and then on my instagram account i get a chance to uh, point towards a book i'm reading and a book that might uh, appeal to you as well some of you may know that I love the uh, Romantic poets and the era of Romanticism um, that really hit literature, uh, particularly uh, in Britain. 
Keats, Shelley, Wordsworth, Byron. Yes, uh, they affected me um, even since I was a kid. I loved reading um, their sense of romanticism. And there's a book out which I'm really enjoying. I've had for a while. And um, it's called British Romanticism and the Science of the Mind. Yeah, it's by uh, a guy called Alan Richardson, who knows his stuff. It's a wonderful book because really you're looking at uh, what motivated uh, a lot of this writing at that period. Uh, also looking at the brain, the science of the brain. For instance, the dreams, um, Coleridge and his poem Kubla Khan, written under the influence of uh, opium and, uh, and the dreams he was having. Very interesting, very interesting way of going in deep into uh, the inspiration behind all the romantic uh, writers and poets of that era. It might sound a touch uh, over-intellectual, but it makes a lot of common sense, actually, because um, it relates to me in the sense that of creativity and songwriting, that uh, so much is written, as I know, through um, subconscious and being unconscious of, really, uh, where you're going. And I think that that's why it speaks to me, is where does that inspiration come from? So um, I thought I'd read you a few lines from the book. This comes from the introduction. This is a book about romantic literary culture and the brain in Great Britain from the 1790s to around 1830. It argues both that the pioneering neuroscience of the era manifests a romantic character and that literary romanticism intersects in numerous and significant ways with the physiological psychology of the time. It aims, in short, to give the brain a central place in the history of the romantic mind. So there we are. The book is called British Romanticism and the Science of the Mind, and it's by Alan Richardson. Now, are we ready? Are we really ready to go back to the 80s? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um... I'm going back to 1988. I wrote a song with the great Cliff Magnus. Um, we wrote a song called One Way Out. Um, I remember starting the song at my house, then going over to Cliff's place, and we did the whole demo there um, at his place, uh, and it was eventually recorded on the Caddyshack 2 soundtrack uh, by an artist called Eric Martin. I had two tracks on that uh, Caddyshack 2 soundtrack. Uh, this song, uh, One Way Out, uh, and also Turn On The Beatbox by Earth, Wind & Fire. Um, very prolific at that time. But this was uh, the demo we did before it was recorded for Caddyshack 2. And Cliff you're, is singing it. And my goodness me, tight trousers. What a high voice. A great singer, uh, Cliff. And he played all that rock guitar. And I did some of the keyboards with him and some of the background vocals. I remember we had this little... Uh, um, amp. He had an amp set up, already set up, really quite powerful, in his closet. And he opened the door and there was all the microphones and there was the rock set up all ready to go. I learned a lot from Cliff. But anyway, this is the original demo. Never heard before. And I hope Cliff gets to hear it again. Uh, from 1988. Uh, one Way Out.
great privilege to write with uh, Cliff Magnus. Uh, he came from uh, that big background with Quincy Jones and uh, I came from the sort of earth, wind and fire camp and it was a joy to work together. We never stopped laughing. Um, we seemed to have the same sense of humour and uh, he was a great lad uh, and uh, still is and a great solo career as well. What a vocalist. Um, we were rocking. Yes, we were rocking and it was that era, the 80s, um, 88 actually, when... Um, 
all those kinds of records were on MTV, weren't they? And uh, hair was long and uh, it was rocking away. We actually went down to the studio when they recorded the actual master on Caddyshack 2 with Eric Martin. And I think that Cliff was involved in some of the background vocals and playing some of the guitar while I just stood back in the corner laughing, uh, which is the kind of thing I did in the 80s. I just giggled and giggled and giggled. Anyway... (laughs) Still giggling, you could hear. Uh, that was a demo um, that I'm pleased to play. I hope Cliff gets to hear that again. Um, it was called uh, One Way Out. And by the way, it's an eight-track demo. Yes, all that you've just heard is on eight tracks. Oh, those were the days. And those were the days. I'm tuning the knob again on the veteran radio. Uh, the transistor. I can't resist it. The universe is a very strange place yeah, yeah, okay. full of mysteries and odd possibilities right. that, while scientists ceaselessly try to figure them out, okay. may remain complete unknowns forever. Complete unknowns forever. That's like a lot of my demos here in my vaults. I want to play you now uh, a song called Ash Glory from a new ambient instrumental album of mine called The Occupation of Hope.
Very proud of my second uh, instrumental ambient album, an album called The Occupation of Hope, and that's one of the tracks on the album, and it's called Ash Glory. Oh, it's that lovely, lovely sound of Muzak. Uh, You'll hear that in the lifts, in the supermarkets, in the doctor's uh, waiting room. A lot of my music is now played in those places, uh, but we won't uh, talk about that too much because it brings me down. Um, <laughs> but this glorious music does signify that it's that time that you've been waiting for. You couldn't care less about any of the songs I've played you. You couldn't care less about the first 30 minutes or odds of the show. You want that moment we've been longing for. The Bootsy moment. Where Bootsy, the feline black cat, eats 17 pouches of fancy feast food and answers the most profound questions about life. The genius black cat of Ironing Board Records is primed and ready. So once again, it's time for... The Wisdom of Bootsy. And 
today's question comes from Farmer Giles Dipnell from Titchfield, Hampshire, Southern England. Oh, Bootsy, when I'm milking my cows, I see in my fields crop circles. Does that mean that my cows are extraterrestrials? A man throws a stick and a dog brings it back in an endless slobbery loop. I would leave the stick where it lands as a reminder of the transitory nature of our being. Or is that the catnip speaking? <laughs> the wisdom of Bootsy. <laughs> yes, very perceptive of Bootsy. Um, he'll be back uh, next month to answer your frightening questions about suffering and life. Uh, I hope that answered the question for Farmer Giles Dipnell of Titchfield, Hampshire, Southern England. Well, it's time to play a song uh, from the archives, a song that hasn't been played uh, by me anywhere for the longest of times. It's a song called Silent World, and um, I remember writing this, I think, around the mid-90s, and uh, again, I was developing that sound I was trying to find for my own solo career. And um, it came to mind that I remember some children that I was... uh, at school with when I was a kid, um, in secondary school, Redbridge, back in Southampton. And there'd been a bit of trouble in the school where the kids were being molested at home and the teachers weren't taking any uh, response at all to it. It, it made uh, quite big headlines and, uh, and I believe there were a couple of suicides at the school by students. And there was a lot of discussion about the uh, students keeping everything hidden uh, in their own cell, keeping everything silent and not being able to express themselves and the pain they were going through. Well, I wrote this song basically based on um, the concept of that, um, the silent world that uh, many children have to live within. Too embarrassed and too afraid to tell uh, any of their seniors, any of the adults, really, um, what was happening to them. So um, here's a, a very uh, rare demo uh, called Silent World. This 
So that's a, a song, a demo called Silent World. I wrote that around the mid-90s. And um, a little bit about my experience of being in secondary school in England. There was a lot of silence with the kids being um, ignored by the teachers when they were telling stories of being molested at home and also being bullied. And uh, I remember thinking uh, how brave it must have been for the uh, the kids around my own age to be able to talk about things like that. So um, there's a song called Silent World. The owl is a specialized hunting machine. Its talons are zygodactyl, two in front, two in back, and their grip is the strongest of the raptors. 500 pounds per square inch, eight times stronger than the human. This is why we wear a glove. I should think so too. I would wear a glove as well. That brings to mind, um, uh, strangely, a kind of connection here. I had a, a cat called Lord Andrew, and he bit me one day, and I thought nothing of it. Within about seven hours, I was in hospital being operated on. Um, yes, his uh, venom had got into my bloodstream, um, and... Um, <laughs> They told me if I hadn't got into hospital then, I might have lost one of my grand fingers to play guitar with. So um, Andrew made his point and uh, got into my bloodstream. And that leads me to a a demo called Bloodstream that I wrote um, at the end of the 80s. It's very Eurythmics. It's a lot of fun and it's rather groovy. This is a song called Bloodstream. You hook me like a drug You give me such a rush
you're in my bloodstream. My wonderful Lord Andrew, yes, he put his gnashes down onto my hand and uh, he was in my bloodstream and I was in the hospital. Uh, that's a demo from, um, yes, the late 80s, I believe, and it's called, as you just heard, Bloodstream. Very Eurythmics, very sort of Brian Ferry, very kind of 80s. Uh, done on the 16 track, uh, and uh, I remember pulling out all those synthesizers that we grew up on. Juno 60s, Jupiter 8s, and uh, Mini Moogs, all that stuff that makes you feel all warm and cosy and fuzzy. <laughs> Bloodstream, keep it clean. Okay, okay, I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> I have no idea where that came from. Um, I think I just said it one day. Ah, the elves, the elves. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep f- keep quiet. Uh, yes, that was an official beep. Um, that 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 phrase, you know. I'll be there in a minute. I have no idea where that came from. I think I was say, said it once to my manager. And it stuck. And so there it is again. And the Tinkerbell, the Tinkerbell that you heard there, um, it, it really signifies that we should give a quote out to the world. One of those moments when you all sit back and go, my God, that pagey. He's so thoughtful. Uh, so let's do a quote of the month. Not the day, not the week. A quote of the month. And the quote comes from Henry Thoreau. Um, and here we go. I love a wide margin to my life. There we are. Short and to the point. Henry Thoreau. Let's do it again. I love a wide margin to my life. Uh, that does actually, I think, um, apply to me big time. Oh, the air raid sirens again. Keep on hearing them every evening. Stay inside! Stay inside! <laughs> Not really. It's supposed to signify that something really quite nice is about to happen. Um, and it's, I think it is really quite nice. Um, it is a new song. Um, I'm looking up here at the uh, clock, and it says we're at 56 minutes. Now, that's really quite a long show, but I think um, I'm going to play you a long song. A pretty new song. I've been uh, writing it for quite a while. I'm working on it recently, and I think we're going to extend this show uh, past the hour mark. Uh, wake up! Wake up there at the back! Wake up! Uh- <laughs> Very lucky if you can make yourself laugh. Uh, I've been locked away for such a long time, I tend to be the only one who can make myself laugh. Anyway, back to the subject. Um, I want to play you what I've been working on. It's a song called Savannah. I wrote it on acoustic guitar, and all the memories came back from when I was a... Quite a young lad, uh, down south in America, uh, I had to come to um, South Carolina, I had to go to Beaufort, where my father was working with uh, British Aerospace uh, with the Harrier Jump Jet. So I I was um, leaving school a great deal and coming to America and going to these uh, outback places where they were doing trials on uh, the Harrier Jump Jet. But I really got a chance to study where I was living, which was Charleston, Beaufort, South Carolina, and Savannah, and uh, the countryside, the atmosphere, amazing. And it hadn't really changed a lot of these areas since the Civil War. And so I wrote this song, um, Savannah, because it's such really a beautiful city. I did get a chance to go back there and play uh, the city um, in the, when I was doing the In the House of Stone and Light tour, and it brought back a lot of memories. Um, anyway, uh, those memories came flooding back as I was playing the acoustic guitar and writing this song. And I was thinking about that time when you went out into the amazing landscape and the swamps and the just huge expanses of beautiful, beautiful um, countryside. 
um, the mosses and the atmosphere and the heat. And uh, I was told lots of stories about the battles that had happened around where I was in Beaufort and Charleston and South Carolina and, uh, and Savannah in particular. And so I wrote this song through the eyes of a Confederate soldier that had been wounded and was thinking about his uh, hometown, if he'd come from Savannah, a young, young soldier. When I was in uh, the South, I met a lot of the soldiers on my father's air base that had to go and fight eventually in Vietnam, and they were just kids, and all they could think about before they went to Vietnam was where they, uh, where their homes were and that they wanted to come back. So I wrote this song through the eyes of a Confederate soldier, um, and he's been wounded in a battle in the Civil War, and he's remembering Savannah, and he wants to go back there. Follow me through the cotton fields Past the old mill, a house on the hill For there's a lady, a place that waits me Beyond the blue line In the canons that were they ain't roaring anymore and I will lie down I will rest here In this place Oh Savannah I hear you calling It's Sunday morning Sweet Savannah, hold me closer. It's getting cold now, but I'll be strong. For in the morning, I'll be in your arms again.
joining me uh, for another episode of Radio Owl's Nest. That's a song called Savannah, a new song which I've been touching up and still working on, uh, putting some mandolin on and some more harmonies, as you can hear there. And uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I look forward to seeing you next time on Radio Owl's Nest. Stay healthy, look after the animals, be good to yourself and all those around you. See you soon.